So thank you very much for your time. We have four NIL bills to sort through. I don't want to rank them. Um, but, I, you know, when you and I talked pre- a couple of days ago, I thought we could at least kind of compare them. I think mm-hmm. I know which one the athletes like the most. The last one that was uh, spearheaded by Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy. Uh, but if you could go kind of give us an idea of what each one features, uh, maybe it gives us a jumping off point. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll start with that, Bill, because it's definitely um, at least the only one that I've seen that's been endorsed by current college athletes. Um, That bill, obvious, all of them create sort of a uniform NIL standard across the country, right, that preempts all the state laws. So all four of them do that. But this one allows for, you know, compensation rights to be taken a step further. It would actually require that um, media rights, you know, putting an athlete on TV would be considered NIL. So there would have to be some sort of revenue share. It protects the athlete's rights to um, collectively bargain, for example, which is not something that they're currently allowed to do. Right. So that's a very athlete-friendly bill. Um, I would say I see a lot of similarities between um, the two bills, for the first, what the two bipartisan bills. Right. Um, Tommy Tuberville and Joe Manchin uh, came out with a bill that, interestingly enough and sneakily enough, had a bit of an antitrust exemption. And for your viewers and listeners, what why they should care about that strange phrase is because it gives the NCAA power to protect its amateurism model to set rules that can't be attacked with litigation. Right. right? So it gives them a ton of power. Um, I would say that the Booker-Blumenthal-Moran bill doesn't quite do that, but it does empower the NCAA to give a little bit of um, a little bit of power to enforce these rules. Um, interestingly enough, those bills also and positively require some amount of like medical care mm-hmm. that is not currently required. So that's good. Um, yeah, future medical care. That's so it's it's important to note. It was about. It was about long-term medical care, yes, right? And absolutely. that's something that is not involved in any uh, in uh, currently in the NCAA. Yeah, it's it's something that schools offer that, particularly schools that have a lot of money, think big football programs, but it's not something that's required by the right. NCAA necessarily. So that would be huge and and positive, you know, no matter where you sit um, politically, right? Yeah. And then the last, the, the draft of the Ted Cruz bill that uh, my friends at On3 reported on is definitely the most, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, right-wing bill. It would <laughs> prevent athletes from being considered employees yeah. ever. It gives the, uh, the NCAA a ton of power. Um, you know, but really the question that I have is, do any of these bills have legs, right? Um and I, the last week we've been talking about them, but like none of them, you know, no NIL bill has even made the first step or the second step through the legislative process after being officially introduced. So. Right. And we haven't had a bill actually that, have we had one that has been officially introduced or are these all in the still, still in the draft stage? I know the, the, the Murphy, not, not the Murphy, the, uh, the, 
uh, Cory Booker, uh, Richard Blumenthal, Jerry Moran, mm-hmm. three senators, the first two Democrats, the other one a Republican from Virginia, Moran. Th- that was just a draft. I think the Cruz was just a draft. Uh, the yes. Tuberville uh, Joe Manchin bill, to me, was uh, you know really written by Charlie Baker. I don't. Uh, there's <laughs> zero chance that that's going to make anybody but the schools happy. Um, the, I just, but I, I'm pretty sure that these are basically all just drafts. I don't think anything's been introduced yet, right? As, so as far as they presented it, um, the Tuberville and Mansion bill is being introduced. And the Laura, uh, the Lori Tran, Chris Murphy bill has been introduced. Okay, good. Um, I, I, I would cue that YouTube video of how a bill becomes a law. Uh, I think we all need to review that. I'm just a bill. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. only a bill. I love that guy. Exactly. Schoolhouse rock rocks. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, but the, I mean, the the Booker Blumenthal Moran bill. That they are saying they're going to formally introduce that. They just wanted to get the draft out there so that they could get a little more feedback, you know. But they're coming up on their summer recess, so you know the clock is ticking. Yeah, that's not going to. I don't think any of these things are actually going to happen and becoming a law and going to the president's desk for his uh, his Joe Biden, if you will. Um, and and this is going to this is very radical. My thought is that. Since NIL now is part of the rules, the the lay of the land, uh, we should just stop. If if all we're trying to do is unify, like uniform it, which is what they keep saying, then we should just get rid of the just who cares? You know, wherever you can get your money, you can get your money. I've talked to a bunch of former athletes about this, and we all recognize that money has been changing hands under the table forever, and the, yeah. the NCAA has done a very poor job. Of stopping that, um, I know which I know which bill the NCAA uh, prefers, uh, and that is the Tuberville Mansion one, uh, and that of course is the. Uh, I read that top to bottom. I'm like, of course, this sounds like Charlie Baker wrote it. I think they would definitely not be interested in the Chris Murphy bill because it really puts the athletes in the driver's seat, and it forces Absolutely. the schools to sort of uh, tailor themselves to the athletes as opposed to vice versa. Uh, I don't Absolutely. see I don't see the NCAA being too happy about that. No, they they wouldn't be happy about that at all and and neither would the uh, major conferences and I can tell you that for a fact because uh, there is a DC based uh, public relations firm that has been sending reporters um, statements from the power five conferences supporting you know the progress the bipartisan progress in legislation and i've got i got a statement after the booker blumenthal moran bill and i got a statement after the tuberville mansion bill and i did not get a statement after the chris murphy laurie tran bill so Mm -hmm. just putting that out there right (laughs) but uh, you know I think what's really interesting about because everyone's talking about the regulation of nil right if you're really paying attention, the big question isn't about NIL. It's about athlete employment status, collective yeah. bargaining, revenue sharing, right? And that bill sort of creates a legal on-ramp for those things yep. to take place. Yeah. So obviously that is going to be the big issue for the NCA with that bill. But I will point out that that bill is written by two Democrats, you know, one in the mm-hmm. House, one in the Senate. And 
there is no, I have no confidence that, that that's going to pass either no. because n- nothing is bipartisan these days, right? It, nothing that's not bipartisan passes these days, right? No. So I just wanted to point that out. No, no, you, I, I would say that none of these will pass. Uh, and I'll just use a football term where they say, well, we have four different guys. We can play a quarterback, which really means you have none. If you have four quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Absolutely. We have four bills. We have no bills. But I th- they are at least giving it the college try, uh, which, for whatever that's worth, I'll make the pun there. Final thing for um, Amanda Kostovich from Front Office Sports, Sports Business and College Sports Reporter for FOS. Um, so Colorado went back home. They uh, they just say yes, moved they out. They moved out. They moved to the Pac-12 for X amount of years, uh, and now they have moved back to the Big 12. They said it wasn't about money. It was more about, yeah, they stop it. Um, what is the future right now for the Pac-12, and what is the economic what is the economic impact to both conferences with Colorado's move? Yeah, um, it's funny. I'm working on a story right now about, uh, particularly from a media rights perspective, what uh, the Pac-12 is looking at. And <laughs> look, the Pac-12 is in a bad situation before they lost Colorado. Um, you know, the major networks and streamers are not very interested. You know, um, the what I'm hearing is they're, you know, their bidders are more like Scripps and Ion, right, than um, ESPN and Amazon. Right. So. So they weren't in a good position before. Um, they're going to have to go out and try to replace Colorado if, if for no other reason than an inventory perspective. Yeah. But folks are also telling me it's not clear that someone like SDSU could replace the value of Colorado, especially a Colorado with Deion Sanders. Right. So, you know, I would be very surprised if the Pac-12 was able to put together a deal that dished out even what the – current deal is, which is far behind the other power conferences. Um, As far as the Big 12 goes, I mean, you know, there are rumors about the networks giving the Big 12, you know, a a certain amount of money so that Colorado can be a full member, that Colorado can get an equal share in the media rights distribution, right? Um, I'm not super clear on that. No one's really clear about where they're getting that money, (laughs) whether or not the networks have agreed to do that, whether or not they're using exit fees, right? But I think in the long run, this is going to be financially good for the Big 12 because, again, the Deion Sanders Colorado is a great brand, right? It puts them in another time zone as well, and it's going to entice potentially a 14th member, which is also going to be good from a revenue perspective. Yeah, depending on who that 14th member is. Yeah, the Big 12, you know, it's funny. About uh, four or five years ago, we were we were basically blowing taps on the Big 12, and the Pac-12 mm-hmm. was in a great position. And the Pac-12 actually turned down a Big 12 offer of a merger of those two conferences because, no, nah, man, we're good. We're all good here in, uh, in California on the West Coast. And, boy, what a decision that was by former Commissioner Larry Scott. Amanda Kristovich. Yep, yep. On Twitter, A. Christovich. I'm sorry, on X, A. Christovich. Basically, the way I said that just makes it seem uh, somewhat illegal. Uh, I appreciate yeah. I appreciate your time, Amanda. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always cool to catch up with Amanda. She does uh, very good work over at Front Office Sports. Uh, but, yes, conference expansion is not stopping. That's too bad.